Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. Good morning, Coastline. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Everyone. Okay. Yes. <laughs> We're happy to be here today. We are happy to be here today. Yeah. We're just going to be comfortable and not worry about anything because we're amongst friends and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Family. Amen. So. <laughs> we're like, this is just going to be very casual people. We, we are not polished, right? We're being polished every day. Okay, yeah. And, and sometimes we're being ground in some of our sharp corners, right? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Amen. Um, so we're speaking about uh, Joshua 2. Um, and so it's about Rahab. And she's very vital and important, I feel like, through all this, because without her, it wouldn't have run as smoothly and and beneficial to the Lord's plan. So um, Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent out from Shittim two men <laughs> as spies. Go, look over the land, check out Jericho. They left and arrived at a house of a harlot named Rahab and stayed there. So, you know, Joseph, or, um, Joshua, um, I think he had lots of time to think about this um, event that was anointed by God, you know. And because they had tried to go into Jericho once before, 40 years prior. So during these 40 years, he probably had some time to, you know, ponder of maybe the mistakes that they had made before where they weren't able to take Jericho and, and there was a lot of doubt in the minds of the people that were um, the spies at that point. So uh, maybe that's why he only sent two instead of 12 because the more, uh, you know, it's like, you know, the odds were probably better that two people would say yes then 12 people would come back saying, yes, you know, we're, we're going to take the land. And, you know, just like when you have a jury, you know, the jury's, you know, always seems like the jury's out. So um, <laughs> I'm sure he was very decisive about who he chose um, since he only had two, two individuals. Um, and that being said, it, you know, they, um, they went and they met Rahab. And so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it off to you at this point. So in looking at the scripture, it was interesting to me how some of the commentaries tried to like downplay Rahab being a harlot. And so there are actual commentaries that translate that word into innkeeper. But I noticed that when it was in the Greek in the New Testament, because Rahab is mentioned three times in the New Testament, it's always translated that she was a prostitute. So I, 
This is speculation. As Beth Moore would say, write this in pencil. Don't write it in pen. But I speculate, since this was a pagan city, that perhaps she was a temple prostitute, since they had some sketchy things going on. Well, she had her own place. Yeah. Yeah. She must have been pretty successful. (laughs) She should not be living. Do you want me to read next? Oh, you can. Okay. So the king of Jericho was told, we've just learned that men arrived tonight to spy out the land. They're from the people of Israel. (coughs) So somebody snitched. There was a snitch out there. Yeah. Because it seemed like pretty quick. They were like, boom, you know, so there's always always a snitch around, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and they knew right where to, to send them because it says, the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you to stay the night in your house. They're spies. They've come to spy out the whole country. The woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, two men did come to me, but I didn't know where they'd come from. At dark, when the gate was about to be shut, the men left, but I have no idea where they went. Hurry up, chase them. You can still catch them. She had actually taken them up on the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax that were spread out on on her roof. So the men set chase down the Jordan Road toward the forts. As soon as they were gone, the gate was shut. Is that me? Mm -hmm. So Rahab risked her life to lie to the king's men and send them on... A goose chase. Yeah, she was like, she had to make a decision. It's either turn in or live for God and uh, risk everything, mm-hmm. as Jesus. many have done in the past. Um, so, yeah, she had to be very convincing, obviously, to get them, because I'm sure they probably came to her door and they were like, you know, hey, you know, we know you got people in here turn them in and, you know, you'll be spared or whatnot. Who knows what they were saying? But she was a harlot. So that probably came, probably was, came as an advantage to her because who knows, maybe she like wooed the guys, you know, with her good looks and everything. And she's like, I'm sure if it was some like ugly, like, it would have just been like, all right, step aside woman. But she probably was like, oh, well, you know, they were, you know, I mean, they came over, but like, I was like, yeah, you know, you need to leave. And, uh, you know, so there's the road. And, you know, if you, if you leave now, you can catch them, you know? And uh, so I think that, you know, who knows? I mean, to me, that's kind of the way I would, I would like depict how, how it happened. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, basically, she told a good story, I think, um, because obviously they left her alone and they did as she suggested. So, go Go Rahab, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Rahab won. So, I I always think about what those spies must have been like. You know, they're up on the roof, so they're pretty much... I mean, the only way out probably is through the house or over the wall. So they really put their lives in her hands. 
and we're probably up there trying not to sneeze. Yeah, they were all or... puckered up up there, probably going, trying not to sneeze under all that flax, you know, <laughs> make a noise. And who's like, thinking, oh gosh, I hope this woman could woo these men, you know, like, and not, you know, want to come up here and, and, and try and search us out, you know? So. So before the spies were down for the night, the woman came up to them on the roof and said, I know that God has given you the land. We're all afraid. Everyone in the country feels hopeless. We heard how God dried up the waters of the Red Sea before you left Egypt and what he did to the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you put under a holy curse and destroyed. We heard it and our hearts sank. We all had the wind knocked out of us and all because of you, you and God, your God, God of the heavens above and God of the earth below. Now promise me by God, I showed you mercy. Now show my family mercy and give me some tangible proof, a guarantee of life for my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, everyone connected with my family. Save our souls from death. Our lives for yours, said the men, but don't tell anyone our business. When God turns this land over to us, we'll do right by you in loyal mercy. So it's a lot of that section is super interesting to me because Rahab grew up in a pagan city, and yet she acknowledges who God is and believes that God has given the Israelites, the city. That's interesting how, how, how uh, she, just by what she said in her words, that she was mm -hmm. that like, um, uh, just uh, kind of, um, what's the word for it? Just, it's like God's in her blood at that point, you know, like mm -hmm. he's part, you know, and she's really pro, um, pro belief, you know, yeah. by those words. They, they really seemed to me that, that that she was they were sincere and she was I don't know if the word sanctified but she was she was she was blessed in the spirit at that point right of the Lord and it, it's like you know Rahab is known for her faith she's in the hall of faith in Hebrews which it's a big deal yeah and what is interesting to me about this is, you know, 40 years back, the Israelites experienced the Red Sea crossing. Like they were there. They walked through. They saw the miracle God did. They experienced it. And yet they didn't have enough belief to take the land 40 years ago. But Rahab is only hearing a story of what God did from 40 years ago. And yet she has enough belief to be a traitor. I mean, she would have been tried for treason had she been caught. So God, you know, his Holy Spirit must have came on her for her to have that kind of belief based upon a story based upon stuff she heard. And yeah, the the um, kings, Sihon and Og, that's more present day. But the first thing that she mentions is the crossing of the Red Sea. So, you know, how are we with that? You know, we do we believe? Do we have faith 
based on what the Word of God says, even though we may not have experienced the miracle yet. Just a question. So we pray, right? Yeah. And as Jerry said, yeah, and that, that was kind of cool. Yeah, I, the music always ends up being part of yeah. linked. Mm -hmm. And Rahab <laughs> believes she doesn't just have to trust God, she has to trust the God, God in the spies. She has to trust that they're honorable, and when she makes this pact with them, that they're actually going to keep their word. Yeah, she seemed very smart. She's a smart woman. Um, she believed uh, in the, spy, the spies' honor, you know, and she had to, like, have a lot of faith in that because it was like, you know, she's betting it all on black now, you know, or red or whatever. She's betting it on God, and she's all, they're all in for her and her family. So, you know, it's either make this, this you know, 50-50 chance, and she bet on God, thank goodness, for her. Um, and she risked her whole family, you know. She risked, you know, and it sounds like it was a pretty big family. So, um, uh, what is it? What is this word right here? Mutual. Oh. Mutual trust. Yeah, okay. Um, so, she, you know, <clears throat> when they were speaking in this um, paragraph, and so forth. Um, I mean, it was a pretty good contract that they were that they were making right there. You know, like it's kind of, to me, it's like it was kind of like a contract. Like as a contractor, you know, you want to make sure that you dot all your I's and cross all your T's. You know, and that there's no vagueness in the contract. You know, as far as like somebody can weasel their way out this way. You know, so. You know, I mean, to me, it's like, you know, there's nothing to be, there's no vagueness in this agreement that they had. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, the men were smart enough to be straightforward with this solid agreement, um, very clear, um, no speculation on the outcome or anything like that. It's like either, you know, it's, 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 you know, pretty cut and dry, which impressed me, you know, so. What the whole. So um, she lowered them down out of a window with a rope because her house was on the city wall to the outside. She told them, run for the hills so your pursuers won't find you. Hide out for three days and give your pursuers time to return. Then get on your way. <laughs> the men told her, in order to keep this oath, you must swear to us, here, here's what you must do. Um, hang this red rope out the window um, through which you let us down and gather your entire hang this red rope, did I say that, mm -hmm. through the window, and let us down um, and gather your entire family with you 
in your house, father, mother, brothers, and sisters, anyone who goes out the door to your house into the street and is killed, it's not our fault. It's his own fault. We aren't responsible. But for everyone within the house, we take full responsibility. If anyone lays a hand on on one of them, it's our fault. But if you tell anyone of our business here, the oath you made us swear is canceled. We're no longer responsible. Is that where I stop right? So um, she said, uh, Rahab said, if that's what you say, that's what the way it is, and sent them off. They left, and she hung the red rope out the window. They headed through the hills and stayed there for three days until the pursuers had returned. Pursuers had looked high and low, but found nothing. The men headed back. They came down out of the hills, crossed the river, and returned to Joshua, son of Nun, reported all their experiences. They told Joshua, yes, God has given the whole country to us. Everybody there is in a state of panic because of us. So that, so that was kind of also part of uh, the contract, too, that I was talking about how, you know, it was a pretty, pretty thorough contract. She was really smart. Um, the two, you know, as far as she came up with the idea that they should hide out for three days before they try and go back to, you know, Joshua, where they live, because, you know, otherwise they could have very easily crossed paths with the search group or whatever the soldiers were that they got sent out. So, you know, I mean, she probably would have been a pretty good, maybe Russia might need her in the war, you know, to make some of the decisions. So, the two spies reported to Joshua of, of, of faith, um, unlike the 10 before, um, you know, like I said, if two, if 12 of them would have went out, you know, um, they meant 12 people going and spying out a place. There's a lot more of a chance that they're going to get caught than, you know, just two. You know, you got 12 guys running around, you know, they look kind of conspicuous, you know, like, you know. So that was another reason why two spies are probably better than 12, you know, especially if they're good ones. Um <clears throat> and Rahab was smart, her idea for them to hide for three days, smart tactic, respected her wanting to, to take care of, of her family and stuff, because this was all, you know, for the for, for God and for her family. So um, that's you. All right. So I just want to say at this point that I wake up every morning and go to sleep every night listening to the Ukrainian war. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to I like to vote for the underdogs, you know. And I see, you know, stuff, and I yeah, I've never been, yeah. We won't get into politics stuff. We won't, we won't do that. Yeah. Okay. This is political <laughs> enough for today. So <clears throat> there's the agreement, and most of us know that you know what happened was the army went in to Jericho. It crossed the Jordan on dry land behind the ark. And, you know, they marched around the city once every day. Then day seven, they marched seven days. The walls came down and Rahab and her family were saved and became part of 
the tribe of Israel. Rahab actually ended up married to one of the spies, the spy named Salmon. Okay. And I, when Tom and I were preparing for today, I was thinking, wow, you know, because I mean, Tom took me home to meet his mom last summer, right? I wonder what it was like for this dude to take her home <laughs> to meet his Jewish mother. Because <laughs> in preparing for this, I read this whole thing in Deuteronomy about don't fraternize with the pagans. They're like evil. Don't intermarry with them. All this stuff, right? I mean, but she did become part of the tribe of Israel at this time. But even so, it's like, you know, I don't know. Some of you have boys, you know, moms and boys, right? I mean, can you imagine? And like the Jewish, the Jewish culture, the boys were like the little princes, right? So can you imagine this guy? Hey, mom, not only is she a pagan, but yeah, she used to be a hooker. You know, like, but hey, it's all good, right? Well, she's on a roll now. Yeah, got and, some redeeming factors going for her, right? Yeah, well, and she ends up being <laughs> King David's great-great-grandma, which puts her in yeah. the lineage of Christ. And so, you know, she's mentioned in Matthew, and there's only five women mentioned in that passage. Most of what in that culture they were concerned with was who you, who's your daddy. It wasn't, women weren't mentioned, but she is. And then she's mentioned in James with what she did. And she's mentioned, like I said earlier, in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews. So the main message in this passage, I feel, is twofold. It's Rahab's faith, but also it's the way God sees us and the way he chooses us. So... You know, scripture says it's impossible to please him without faith. And she is so demonstrative of what faith looks like in a very sketchy situation. You know, I mean, think about like if we were being invaded, you know, it's, it must have been really scary. And yet she chose to believe God and to do what God, I mean, God had to have prepared her heart for this. I, nobody would have just thought, cool, I'm going to commit treason and we're going to, you know, I'm going to hide these guys and stuff. After talking to two people. Yeah, after talking to, well, they had, there were all the rumors <laughs> yeah, and stuff going around was, too. Yeah. But also, you know, I think about, you know, and Rahab, she doesn't ever lose that title through scripture. Every time she's mentioned, it's Rahab the harlot, Rahab the harlot. But like, how do I say? The spirit behind that changed. Even though maybe they still kept that title in scripture, it, it, when they're talking in the New Testament, they're like giving her honor for what she did. I mean... You know, she gets to be one of Jesus's great, great, I don't even know how many greats, grandmas. So I feel like, no, I don't feel like it. We need to be careful how we see people because 
we don't see people the same way that God sees people. You know, I, I mean, I think about like, if it was me, you know, how would I have looked at Rahab? How would I have judged her? And yet without her, there would be a whole piece missing to this story that really shows the heart of God. So got a forgiving heart. Yeah. And and like also for ourselves, we need to be careful what we speak over ourselves and how we judge ourselves. And we need to make sure that we don't let things we may have done in the past or labels somebody has put on us, things like that, prevent us from our calling. Because, you know, who knows? We gotta let that stuff, yeah, just kinda let it go off, like water off a duck's back sometimes when people are judging. And even like this week, it seems like before this prayer, you know, we had, or before this, this, um, well, before our, t- our talk today, like, it was just a tough week, you know, and it was like, mm-hmm. you know, we decided to do this, you know, like, we could have had a lot of, like, you know, the devil was, you know, he, he comes up and sneaks up on you, and it's, we, that was, but now we know that this was a good <laughs> prayer and a good talk, so it was all worth it, and that's why the devil was really nervous, because he knew we were going to be a power couple up here and <laughs> say some good words for God and, and get really like jazzed up today. Yeah. Well, and one of us like had forgotten. So, you know, it was a really hard week for us and you know, we're we're not used to being in conflict and I've already told a couple of you people that I called Chris Kemp, who is my brother in Idaho, crying Thursday. And I was telling him about our week, and I was like, and on top of it, <laughs> we're preaching Sunday. And he started laughing because <laughs> I it's like, duh. And you know, he prayed and stuff. And I know I reached out to Fran for some prayer. And you know, all of that for me just kind of ties into, you know, that. Yeah, and and don't, you know, and that's a big thing for me is like the way I look at it is we just can, it's really easy for us to judge other people, you know, but you know, God doesn't, he doesn't really judge. He's not a respecter of persons. And so, you know, and like today, I'm like, I wanted other people to show up to church today and they didn't show up, but that's okay. But, and I'm not going to judge them for that. So that was important for me. So is, is there anything anybody would like to, um, add to this? Because, yeah. Fran, do you want to speak? Somebody, come on, somebody save us here. We don't need to be saved. Okay, I have one little thing. Just when you were talking about uh, Rahab having belief without actually experiencing the Red Sea, uh, like John 20, 29, where it says, um, because you have, where he's talking to Thomas, and Thomas is finally believing now because he's seen the resurrection of Christ. Because you've seen me, do you now believe? But blessed, happy, I have the answer, so I'm sorry. Blessed, happy, spiritually secure, and favored by God are they who did not see and yet believe in me. So it's the same thing. Yeah. Same. That's good, Robin. She's blessed because she did believe. 
she was even though it was us. maybe she's scared <laughs> belief but yeah exactly that's a sticky situation branch i think you did a great job i i just like all the symbolism in it i like that that there were honorable people and that even if there are people that may not even have uh, initially the same faith as yourself, that, that the Lord sees to it that uh, there's a level of protection. And um, I love, of course, the red robe because red symbolizes redemption, the blood. And we just spoke about that in detail, you know, last week. So I just thought it was a really beautiful dovetailing of what the Lord is showing us and that you did a really good job. Well, for me too, it's like when I first read it, I was like, we're not going to, I mean, it's just going to be tough to like make a lot of time out of, you know, but then as I, as we started talking about it, we started like really like in-depthly thinking about it, there was a lot more to it. You know, but if you were just to like skim it over, like everybody, you know, like when you first read the Bible or first read, read a verse, it's like you just kind of skim through something. And, and that's kind of at first I was like, oh, geez, like we're going to have to get creative here, Teresa, you know. But then as we as we spent more time and it kind of kind of soaked in and marinated with us, then we were able to kind of put ourselves there, you know, like make the story be part of the story and i think that's kind of what i was thinking i was like let's like bring everybody to the to you know and like create a scenario where you're really like it's like you're there you're living it you know absolutely so as jerry's coming up will you guys uh, close us in a prayer will you pray whatever is in your heart to to pray <laughs> Okay, Lord, thank you so much for the, giving us the opportunity to uh, speak for you today and bear some of our new fruit for you, Lord, in our marriage. And we just want to um, just glorify your name and, uh, and just be strong, have strength in you, Lord, because you are our strength and like no other. You know, as these songs, you know, that Jerry so eloquently, beautifully plays and, and sings for us and all the others in the worship group. I can't just give him the credit because without everyone else and the flutes and the drums and and and, the, and, and our voices, Lord, we just lift you up as high as we can. And we're thankful and, you know, hopefully it brings tears to our eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.